Kyle, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. Uh, I did not check the email this morning because I have a very special intention that actually, it, I would say that it affects me personally, but it doesn't affect me, I think, as much as a lot of people uh, whom I know and with whom I've interacted had very positive interactions with so I'm sort of once removed from this uh, but we had a, a member of several of the Catholic uh, telegram chats uh, pass away uh, very suddenly very, very young man uh, very ill uh, and he passed away yesterday and I want to pray today for the repose of his soul uh, his name was Hector uh, and he was uh, all the interactions I had with him uh, he was an incredibly pleasant very Christian individual and uh, it, it's his absence in these uh, chat rooms which usually are fairly large and so you know someone goes missing for a while uh, you think to yourself it, you often don't notice it and I think that his absence in a lot of these uh, chat rooms will be noticed very much so uh, and that's a, that's a sort of tribute to him so I want to pray for the repose of his soul, and I also want to pray for the strength and comfort uh, that his family needs right now. Whenever you lose a young member of a family, it's usually a little bit harder than losing someone who's a little bit older. And uh, I, we just lost someone very important in my own family, so I, I know exactly how that feels. We've had a lot of people that have been, uh, have been called home recently. I think this is the third in the last two weeks that we've uh, we've had a special prayer for the repose of the soul of someone. Uh, it's a good reminder to us. You know, the, the Lord calls us home at His pleasure, not at ours. And so it's very important to always be prepared. Uh, I will get a chance to look at the email tomorrow. If you have a special intention that you would like to send in, you can send that to requests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. And uh, just anything, I would be delighted to pray for you. It'll be a real, it, it, it truly is a privilege. Uh, it's, it's my means of doing penance is to pray for people I don't know. So it truly is a privilege on my part to pray for you. Now, let's go ahead and get our rosary beads out and turn our minds and our hearts to the Almighty God and the Blessed Virgin Mary and pray for the repose of the soul of Hector. Today is Wednesday, so we'll be praying in Latin. In nomine Patris, Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum. Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nostra venimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, 
Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, Nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, et nunc et semper et in saecula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dulcedo et spes nostri, salve. Ad te clamamus, exudis filia evi, ad te suspirimus, gementes et flentes in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuas misericordes oculus, ad nos converte. Et iesum, beatum fructum, ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulce virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, Sancta Dei Genetrix, ut digni officiamo permissionibus Christi. Paremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Requiem eternam dona eis, Domine. 
at Lux Perpetua Lucha at Requishat and Pache. St. Joseph, patron of a happy death. Pray for the servant of God, Hector, that standing before the dread judgment seat, he may have good defense, and that those who are left behind at his passing may receive the strength and the grace and the comfort of the paraclete, the Holy Ghost, who with thy foster son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and with God the Father, liveth and reigneth together, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily struggles of life, Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sacritissimum Coriezu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum Coriezu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum Coriezu, advenir regum tum. In nomine Patris, Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Well, one of the uh, major problems, I think, that confronts the world that we live in, and I would say the society that we live in, except that it's not just our sort of local society, and by local, I, I mean, re, you know, you could say regional, national, what have you. It, it really is a global phenomenon, and is anywhere where the modern West has touched the local culture and changed it. There is a fundamental misunderstanding and inability to confront and deal with death as it exists in our lives. Now, this isn't really meant as a sort of homily or, or, or sermon on death because someone has passed away. Rather, it's, it's really more meant for anyone who is, has death on the mind, as I do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, been, uh, it's come up quite a bit recently, uh, a, a lot of death. Uh, and it's not necessarily violent death, uh, but it is nevertheless uh, death, and it's come up in, in a multitude of different forms. Uh, so we've had uh, three people pass away, one of whom was very close to me, one of whom I was separated by a degree or two, and one of whom I did not know but was known to the audience of the Daily Decade. Uh, and in addition to that, you also have all of the talk about death and suffering and persecution going on over in Afghanistan. Uh, and then in addition to that, I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, there where they were talking about the, uh, the Santa Muerte cult in Mexico. And Santa Muerte came up in another conversation as well that I had recently. So death seems to be in the air, so to speak. And it would seem that uh, I, I couldn't really pass over it because it's been occupying my mind and uh, it's been occupying my reflections as a result. Now, yesterday was 
were the sorrowful mysteries and today are the glorious mysteries on your rosary. And both of these are actually appropriate opportunities to think about death because one is death as it affects us directly as sinful men and the other is the conquest of death and what comes after death thanks to the sacrifices made by Jesus Christ. You know, the assumption and the resurrection are both really rewards for those who die to death. Our Blessed Mother shared so much of the sufferings of the crucifixion that one could say truly that she experienced a kind of death that saints, that all saints experience. It's what makes them saints. And perhaps one could even say that she died this death much earlier than that, when she sacrificed herself, uh, sacrificed of herself. You know, it's not the same as the sacrifice of Christ, but it, it's sort of, it, it's the same in that all saints who sacrifice themselves like Christ share in the sacrifice that Christ made. And really every priest who sacrifices at the Mass shares in that sacrifice as well. As most of my listeners know, I have some suspicions about the co-redemptrix doctrine. I'm not 100% comfortable with it, so I don't want to give the impression that I'm endorsing it or uh, putting it forward, that there's some kind of, that there's two bodies on the cross, so to speak. Um, But it is true that the sacrifice made by the Blessed Mother was somewhat unique. Uh, And in that regard, she suffered uh, a kind of death as well. And her reward was the assumption that she should be spared of death and of corruption and enter into heaven body and soul was the reward for the sacrifice that she made earlier than that. And the same might be said of Elijah, who was also caught up into heaven body and soul. I don't know what righteous Enoch did to deserve it, but he also was caught up into heaven body and soul. And so in, in this way you have a reward that is carried with the dying to oneself, the dying to death. Uh, There is a life that is given uh, for that sacrifice. And that's something to reflect upon in the, and of course we all have the resurrection to look forward to, which is also a conquest of death. And, And these are all things we have to look forward to following death. And then of course there's the death of Christ himself. And how well we unite ourselves and our death with his death dictates how well we die. In the East, they pray for a Christian death, painless, blameless, and peaceful, and a good defense before the dread judgment seat of God. Uh, That shows up in the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, and it also shows up, I think, in the liturgy of St. Basil, Basil, St. Basil the Great, um, which I believe is the liturgy that's done at Jerusalem, but I may be wrong about that. At any rate, death and the way we die is an incredibly important element of Christianity. And I would go further than that and make, it, and make the argument that the better a person knows how to die, the more likely that his people will continue to live that a survival of a people, a nation, a race, a civilization is dependent on the ability of its individual members to accept and embrace death in an appropriate and correct, spiritually correct manner. The better we die, the more 
likely, or rather the more healthily, our people will live. And that doesn't just mean dying in battle or dying in defense of one's people or one's nation, but I mean the, the attitude that the people have towards death. We live in a society that flees from death and hides it and doesn't confront it or deals with it as a sort of therapeutic experience. It's something that, it's a misfortune that befalls you rather than something that is altogether part of the part of our experience our, as fallen creatures it is neither earned uh, nor is it uh, anything that carries with it any kind of a aftermath or, or consequences like so many things in our society it doesn't carry consequences part of the reason why the four final things that we think about in the Roman Catholic Church are heaven held uh, death and judgment is because this these things teach us to die well and teach us that death as a cons as itself something brought into the world by Adam's sin has with it certain consequences and our lives likewise have consequences because of the way that we because of the way that that Adam lived and these consequences come and greet us at death so many saints on their deathbeds are shown clutching crucifixes, and this is very common uh, even among laity and, and people, just ordinary Catholics, when they die having a crucifix near them. And the reason why is because they are being reminded that's when their minds turn entirely to what is, uh, what's coming next, what, what, is, what is going to face them. And some people are given special graces. They're able to remember all of their sins and have true contrition for them. And some people enter into a fog and become and, and all of their sinfulness manifests itself in a in a hatred of God and of a flight from his face. Different people experience death in these different ways, but we all understand it if we understand it ahead of time as something in which we are going to face these things, it is more likely that we should end up in the first category and less likely that we should end up in the second. And death can come at any time. That's something else that we're reminded of by the death of our this, this young man uh, who we, for whom we prayed today. Uh, he, he was a young man. He was sick, but he was a young man. He's not an old man. Not, didn't, die of, didn't die naturally put that in quotation marks you can't see the square scare quotes but uh, naturally all of us die naturally it is natural to our fallen state that we should die but we imagine a nat died of natural causes to be someone who dies in, in old age and, and this is a very Jewish idea it is it was in the in the old ancient scriptures prior to the resurrection and even the Sadducees continued to believe this in the time of Christ, even though they were they were heretics. They continued to believe that there was no bodily resurrection, that the reward of a good life was a long life, and the longer that you were alive here on earth, that was the nearest that you were going to get to any kind of heavenly reward. Uh, the Pharisees disagreed with that. To their credit, they accepted the resurrection, uh, but they still went astray in other aspects of, of death and judgment and still constituted that most judgment took place here on earth and not uh, in, the, in the afterlife. We continue today to hold some of these erroneous ideas about 
long life and punishment for our sins. Now, it's true there are temporal punishment to our sins, and our sins carry consequences. Especially bad sins often do have immediate spiritual consequences here on earth. But to imagine that a long life is a reward for good living is rather the opposite of what we're taught about good living. If you live well and maintain a holy state, if you are healthy, you do not need a physician. God calls you home to him as a mercy. God God is merciful. What kind of cruel God would give a man all of this time on earth to do good, and when that man figured it out, would extend the amount of time that he has to be tempted? It seems that rather the long life from God is a mercy to those who need longer to repent, who need longer to understand their own sinfulness and to overcome it. God extends our lives not as a reward, but rather as an opportunity for us to praise him better because we are not doing it sufficiently yet. He has higher hopes for us. And those of short life often are called home precisely because either if this itself is a mercy to them uh, or because they've got it. Some of them, of course, are called home because of consequence of their own actions. Uh, criminals being shot in the street and whatnot. Uh, those people are, well, they have the consequences of their own actions. It's not a universal, of course, and I'm not saying that's a theological truth that those who live shortly are good and those that live long are evil, but rather that we should imagine a long life not as a reward but as a mercy and an opportunity. Uh, this, is what, this is what Thomas Akempis says. You know, the, every day that you wake up is a mercy from God to give you more time to do with the time that you have what you are supposed to be doing. And God help those that do not get that mercy. Well, it's, this, is not, uh, this is not only the good die young. It's not the, uh, that's not the teaching of the church. Rather, the idea is that uh, those who live long have received a gift from God to do better in this life because our whole purpose here on earth is to know, love, and serve God. That's it. That's the only reason we're here. And how we go about doing that is the important thing to think about. Death is an offering in many ways to our Heavenly Father as how we should end our lives. And there are some who die worthily uh, either from old age or in sickness or in battle uh, or protecting someone else, uh, any number of these things. And those who die worthily contribute to the long life of their people to bring it back around because God sees how human beings who are who are social animals. Aristotle was right about that. We are the Zoan Politicon. We are social animals, political animals. And as such, how we live together affects how well we glorify God. It is by the mercy of God and to his pleasure that good and holy and healthy societies survive. And evil and wicked and corrupt societies collapse. Obviously, a society as a whole, a culture as a whole, does not have one mind. It's not a hive mind. It's not a single entity. It is 
a collection, one might even say a collective, of different individual persons, not individuals, but individual persons, who together, through their shared behavior, common culture, all of that, either elevate each other and bring each other closer to God or drag each other down. We live, by and large, in a society which drags people down and focuses entirely on earth and on the worldly. And this is why we have the emergence of pagan practices like, uh, like the Santa Muerte cult, which, by the way, only really emerged in the 1960s and only became public in the 1990s. That's something people often forget. You know, there are a lot of folk saints in Hispanic culture. There's a lot of folk saints in European culture, too. Santa Muerte is not a folk saint in the traditional historical sense. It is a pagan cult that was invented much later on. And these cults arise because people do not know how to deal with death. Now, people think of Mexico as a very Catholic country. The Cristeros lost that war. The truly Catholic Mexicans lost the Civil War. Mexico is a highly secularized society, as is most of South America and Central America. A lot of communist countries down there. Why? Because these people think in material, worldly terms. They are no less corrupted than anywhere else in the West. And yes, they are part of the Western world. The global South and all of that. They, they have Western liberal tendencies that are native to them. That have developed organically the same way that they developed in Europe. Because they no longer know how to live and how to die, they come to strange gods and strange cults. They worship death. Those who understand death and how it relates to our Lord and to our religion know how to die well. They don't have any need of these strange cults and folk myths and bizarre rituals and all of that. And the same thing goes for those that sacrifice children to Moloch. And don't think that that has stopped. We know that the blood sacrifices to these evil deities of the, of the Near East have continued for centuries. People who worshipped Moloch were caught red-handed in the Middle Ages, gave rise to something called, very inaccurately, a blood libel. And it continues today in different forms. That's why you have so many people involved in the abortion industry that are active Satanists. It's true, they are. They, they, they will seek out and become abortionists because they're Satanists. Uh, that's, been, uh, that's been admitted by several of them. Atheists, too. And an atheist is just a Satanist who hasn't figured it out yet. And you have all these things because people do not understand the place of death. Until, and this is, it is somewhat inaccurate, but it's not necessarily wrong. I don't have a whole lot of use for John Paul II uh, in general. But what he said about the culture of death is true, and it is accurate, that we do live in a culture that is ruled by death because, and when he says we live in a culture of death, what he means is that we live in a culture that is defined by and ruled by death. And it is true, it is. And the reason why is because we do not know Christ who over, overthrew the tyranny of death. And we do not know the freedom that Christ grants us in his, in, in his service. 
this freedom from the fear of death. There's nothing, there's no gift that Christianity bestows upon the living that is so powerful as the freedom from fear. No worldly thing can grant you freedom of anxiety and freedom from fear. It can create illusions and delusions. And it, can, it can trick your mind. But it cannot actually deliver you from that fear and from that reality. Christianity can. Christianity alters the real world. It does not set up an illusory reality. It is reality. It reveals reality to us. And the reality is, is that those that believe on Jesus Christ need not fear death. And so it falls to us now, today, to reclaim the ability to live well and to die well in the sight of God. To die well is to imitate Christ. To imitate Christ is to die sacrificially within ourselves as well as to the world. And when death finally takes us, to offer that death and our entire life before it to God and not be afraid of the gift that we are giving. And it is my prayer that when the hour comes, all of us will have lived lives and will face death in a manner that is worthy to glorify and to serve and to demonstrate how much we love our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.